So this morning in the Sunday school, and I, I realize many of you aren't in the Sunday school. You're out in the fellowship hall and other places. But we looked at prayer a little bit this morning. Uh, there in Romans, he talks about how the Spirit of God maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. We talked about how that God doesn't answer and deliver every prayer that we ask the way we think it ought to be. We looked at Paul as an example, the chiefest of the apostles, a choice vessel of God that prayed three times for a thorn in his flesh to be removed, and God answered, my grace is sufficient. The prayer of Paul was not answered in the way he was asking it. God said, you're going to endure it, and my grace will strengthen you to endure that. So certainly, by that Scripture by what we have in Romans, we don't know what to pray for or to ask for a lot of times. We know what we want. God don't always answer with what I want. So I believe then with that now, you're going to run into the argument what we're going to see here in Luke chapter 11. And let's read. I know we've been just walking through, but let's read a few verses here starting in verse 5. So in the start... Of this, the disciples ask the Lord uh, to teach them to pray. The Lord gives what we've called the Lord's Prayer. Then in verse 5, he says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble be not, for the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. We'll stop there. Maybe we'll look at the rest of this in a little while. So we've got the Scripture then that we looked at this morning. We've got Paul praying thrice that a thorn be removed, and God did not give him his request. But we've got here, seemingly, ask and it shall be given. And you can look at this. This is in all the Gospels. This little parable And Jesus says to the disciples in John, Whatsoever ye ask in my name, ye shall receive it. So you've got those promises, and those must reconcile one with the other, wouldn't you say? They're not in contradiction. Paul's prayer is not in contradiction with Jesus. We just got to have the right understanding of what Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying, and be able to put them together. I believe the key here to this is in the 13th verse. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So it looks like now, in this Scripture that He's speaking here, what we're seeking for is the Holy Spirit of God. That's what's needed necessary, pray for. And when the church of the living God prays for the Spirit, God's not going to withhold from the church 
His presence and His Spirit and the stirring of His power. So let's look then at this little parable. He gave us a parable here in the start. And the picture, it's easy to understand. If somebody in that day uh, was in bed asleep, and there he is, he's got his kids in bed with him, and they're there asleep. Somebody knocks on the door, one of his friends, and says, Look, somebody stopped by my house. They've been on a long journey. They've stopped by. They're hungry. And I don't have anything to set before them. Would you lend me some bread that I could have something to set before him? So that word there, set before, to place alongside, to present. So the, the guy says, I'm not able to do that. I'm in the bed. My shoes are off. The door is locked. The kids are in the bed with me. It's going to cause me a lot of trouble if I get out of the bed to give you this bread. So what kind of spiritual message then do we have here? Well, you know what we've got today? The church, as the church gathers together and people come in to the house of God, I believe that the church ought to have something to set before them. You know, here we stand today, and the God's truth, we had about 35 minutes to look into the Word of God, and that with young'uns tearing the house down. And you know, that, that troubles a man. You want to have something to set before the church. Well, I, I believe this. As the church gathers together, the church ought to have something to set before them that might come into the house of God. I believe there's lost people here, just naturally speaking, every time we gather. But you know, as we gathered tonight, we didn't know who was going to be here, who wasn't going to be here, whether somebody from up the road, you know, we had visitors just a, a few weeks ago from up the road, had no idea they was going to come. You know, when, when people come into the church, the family of God ought to have something to set before them. But what is that that we're going to have? Is it going to be something that we've come up with? Is that going to work? Is it going to be something, you know, they're looking for bread. I believe bread. The type, shadow, picture, over and over again, the Word of God, the Lord Jesus, the bread come down from heaven, the Word of God made flesh and dwelling among us. As folks come into the church, the church needs to have something that they can lay before them, present to them. And friends, the only thing the church has that the church can present to the spiritual needs of a lost and dying world or really to the church itself that may be in need, that may be uh, in affliction, that may be in a place of fear, in a place of sorrow. The only thing the church has that she's able to present is that that God gives. Would you say that? As they come in, we've got nothing that we can offer them to help their spiritual need. We've got nothing to help their lost condition. We've got nothing that can strengthen and help you along your way through this life. But what we do now, we have to go to one that has bread in order to have something to present to you as we preach. I believe that's how that's supposed to work. We seek the Lord. The Lord gives us that. We present what the Lord would give and reveal to us. We present that to you. How do you get that? Well, see, what it does is, since I'm not baking the bread at my house and bringing it down, but it comes from God the Father, it leaves me as in the place of preaching, in a place that I'm dependent upon God's leadership 
to the Scripture that's needful for this hour. It leaves me dependent upon God's deliverance when this hour comes and we step behind the pulpit. It leaves me in a place of dependence on God delivering that to your individual hearts and strengthening you, helping you in whatever need that it is. So as I come down here to present the Word of God to you, I'm in a place that as this man in the parable was, he had to go to his friend's house and knock on the door and say, Look, I've got nothing to give my people. I've got nothing that can help them. I need you to give me some bread that I could present to them. Well, could you see that? Could you see that in me, first of all, that I've got to get down on my knees and say, God, I've got nothing that can help the church tonight. I can't be a help to the members that are there. I can't be a help to the lost people that are there. Would you present some bread to me? Would you give me a message? Give me some words, something that might be a help to somebody that's down at the house of God tonight. We're at a place where I've got to go to the one that has bread in order to have something to present. Well, it's the same way for the body as a whole. We don't have that of ourselves that can help them that are lost. But we go to the Father completely and totally dependent on the Father in order to operate in the manner He would have us to operate. Now we can come together, we can hoop and holler and have a good time. I can cut a shine and I can slobber and sweat and jump around and make a lot of noise. And we can sing and we can come to the altar and we can go through motions and go to the house and call it good. But you know there's nothing to that unless what? The Holy Ghost of God is working. It don't matter what kind of a shine is cut from the pulpit. It doesn't matter how loud the prayer from the altar is. It doesn't matter if every note of every part in every song is dead on the money, in tune, pitch perfect, and sounds wonderful. Outside of the Holy Ghost of God, there's no spiritual benefit for anybody that's involved. If you've been in this way any length of time, you've been to services where what's went on is literally and spiritually dead as a hammer. Is that any benefit to you as a saved person? You know what it is? It's wearisome. And I'm ready to go to the house. This is a waste of my time. Now outside of God's Spirit, that's exactly what it is. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of my effort. It's a waste of a gathering together of people. You know what's happened? People have come into the house of God and there was no bread there to feed anybody. Now, is that because that God don't have any bread in the storehouse? My favorite, one of my favorite verses is as the famine set in in Egypt, the Bible says in Joseph opened all the storehouses. What a storehouse that Joseph had laid up for the time of famine. Well, I can say this. Joseph's storehouse is in no comparison 
to what God has in his storehouse. An endless supply of bread and an endless supply of grace that he is ready and that he is willing and that he's desiring to give unto his people. I believe that is God's desire. I mean, he he chose us. He saved us. He brought us into His family. He gave His Son that we could be saved. Would He not with Him freely give us all things that we need to operate in this life as His church? I believe He would. I believe His desire is to give. I don't believe He's like this fella here that says I'm already in the bed and I'm not able to get up and I'm not able to give. And and it's too much trouble to me and it's in the middle of the night. What are you thinking coming to my house in the middle of the night with everybody in the bed and asking me for something to eat? Is that not what you and I would say? If I come to your house at 12.30 tonight, said you got a loaf of bread you could give me, you better believe it. But you know what this fellow's going to do? He's going to keep knocking and he's going to say, look, I need some bread. And the Bible says, though he not rise and give him because he is his friend, he's not getting up because he loves him, but because of his importunity. It's a different word. That word means impudence, shameless disregard for others' opinions. He didn't care what that fellow thought. He didn't care if the country thought he was an idiot. He was going to knock till he got what he needed. And you know what this fellow's going to do? He's going to lay in the bed until it gets to the point of, good grief, this fellow's not going to leave me alone. I believe you can see that on over just a few chapters in chapter 18 with the unjust judge that feared not man nor God. And the woman, the widow woman, comes continually... And he says, this is a continual trouble to me. I don't like her and I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it just so she'll leave me alone. Same thing. It's persistence and that continual coming that's going to get this man his bread. But you know, God's not like the unjust judge. And God's not like this friend here. And God's not laid in the bed with His young'uns and going to say, go away and come back tomorrow and I'll give you what you need. Has that ever happened? Do you believe in your heart that there's ever a time that you're going to come to God in prayer and God's going to say, look, I'm in the bed. I can't help you right now. I don't have time right now to get up. I don't want to have to get up. My relationship with you is not close enough to give you what you're looking for. You know what I believe? I believe I could come and Vaughn, Rex, they're my family. I believe they'd give me a loaf of bread at 1 o'clock in the morning, but they'd say, you're crazy. But you know what I could do? I could go to my daddy's house and I could get a key and unlock a door and they wouldn't care a bit. Son, whatever you need. You just take... If it's in there, you take it. You know what that is? That is a closer relationship there. I believe, you, I believe you each one, you know what I'm talking about naturally. Well, you know what we are? We're not just friends. It was preached this morning right here 
We're not just a friend of God. We're not just an acquaintance. We're not just somebody that's a, a far kin. But we were chosen and adopted into the family by the hand of God Himself. I know. You think as the flesh thinks now. These two boys, they came from me and from my wife. But you know, we, we didn't have any choice in that. We didn't know whether they were going to be a boy or a girl. We didn't know what they were going to look like. We didn't know what they were going to talk like. We didn't know how they were going to act. We didn't know how they're, uh, we didn't know anything about them. They just came as God gave. But you know something that's really, really it's, it's even more special than that is when you adopt, you can see, you know what they are, you know where they've come from, you know what they look like, they don't belong to you, and yet the compassion and the love would lead them to choose that one to come into your family. And bring, that's, that's what God did for His church. Him, having known us, known our disposition, known our thinking, known how we would act, knowing how we would behave, knowing how faithful we would be. And I don't say that uplifting in any way. I say that, that all of those in each of our favors was negative. Was there any redeeming quality that God saw in any one of us? But you know what He had? He had compassion. And He had love. And he had mercy. And he said, I'm going to take that one even though he's got a bad nature, even though he's a sinner, even though he's rebellious, even though I know he's not going to serve me like I'd like for him to, and he's going to come short. I choose that one to be a part of my family. I'm going to make a man out of him. I'm going to make a woman out of that one. Chosen to come in to the family of God. Made possible, again, through the death of the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given. You know what God's saying? Come to me in prayer. I'm not one that is casting away or disregarding my children. I'm not like the unjust judge. I'm not like this man that's turning his friend away. I am one that is loving, compassionate, and kind, and that beyond the understanding of man. Can you imagine, I mean, my God, even naturally giving your only begotten Son that some wretched sinners could be saved off a death row. You know, that's what God did. Compassion beyond measure. Love beyond our understanding that we could be called today as we sit in the house of God, children of the highest, heirs of God, and join heirs with Jesus. Would He not hear us when we pray with a need in our heart? He invites us. And listen to the words here. Ask, seek, and knock. 
So ask. That's to petition, to request, to pray for. Now seeking involves a little more, wouldn't you say? I mean, I can ask you for something. I can seek after it. I can run you down. I can put in some work. But you know, now now think about it. Think what we're talking about. We're talking about having bread down at the house of God. Having something to set before these that would gather into the church house. I believe I ought to ask. I believe we've got a pile of Scripture that tells me to pray. Men ought to always pray and faint not. That's Luke 18. Ephesians chapter 6. Praying always. In Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. And over and over and over again, you'll find the exhortation, the encouragement of God for me to pray and to pray always. When I pray, I ought to get down and say, God, give me something. Now I'm just going to use me as an example. I ought to bow down on my face and say, God, give me something that I might feed the church when we get together. Give me something that I could take down there and that could be a help in the lives of your sheep and them that are lost and undone. But you reckon I ought to seek too? More than just ask. I tell you, I need to get this down. Wouldn't you say, how does a man seek God? Well, if you're going to seek me, how are you going to do that? You're going to call me? If you don't get an answer, maybe you're going to come to where I live. I mean, if you really needed to get a hold of me, come to my house. Maybe you'd go out to mom and dad's if I wasn't at home. And if they were there, you'd say, do you know where this man is? Where can I find him? Where's he at? Where's he gone? Maybe you'd try to get a hold of my wife. That'd be more than just asking. That'd be more than leaving a voicemail, wouldn't you say? There'd be some effort going in to finding that man. Well, how do we find God? Where's God at? Well, we're not going to heaven where He's at to find Him. We're not going to go down in the grave to bring Him out. But you know where He's at? He's nigh you. Even in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. Right here in this book, and this book may not mean much to a lot of people, but in this book is the perfect, the complete, divine revelation of God, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And in there, you're going to find God's character. You're going to find God's nature. You're going to find God's love and His compassion. You're going to find God's wrath and His judgment. You're going to find God's plan of salvation. You're going to find God reaching out to sinners. You're going to find God bringing deliverance. And it's all revealed in His Word. Well, I just need to seek God. Well, I tell you where you're going to find Him at. You'll find Him in the lids of His Word. So yeah, I ought to be on my knees praying. I ought to pray without ceasing. But I say this, I ought to be putting forth a little effort too. I ought to be putting... uh, I heard a fella say, he was on the radio years ago, but he'd always say, what you need to do is dampen the dry word down with a little bit of sweat from your brow. Put a little work into it. Put a little effort to seek, to search, and to understand 
You know what God may do? God has, when I'm on my knees, praying, come by with a spirit, help me to pray, and revealed while I was praying where I need to look. Don't do that every time though. I like that when that happens. You know why I like that so good? I don't have to put as much effort into it. But you know, sometimes, sometimes we've got to sit down and we've got to pray, God lead me, guide me, and reveal to me, and there's going to have to be some time spent in the Word of God. Now do you reckon that the preacher is the only one that needs to be seeking God in the Word of God? No, I, I tell you, if you want something now to set before you people, you're going to have to go to God to get it. You're going to have to ask. Well, I don't believe we have to ask. Well, you're in contradiction to the Word of God. God said to ask. God said to pray. God said to seek. We ought to be in the Word of God. I guarantee you this. I'm not going to get a message outside of the book. That's exactly right. Not that it's going to feed the soul of man. And he also says to knock. Boy, I tell you, we're getting closer and closer and closer. We're asking, we're looking after, and now we're knocking on doors. Boy, I tell you, well, I don't know if anybody's home or not. I say this, there's been times that I've got up in a place like this that I did not want to get up because I didn't feel like I had what I needed. You know what that is? Sometimes we get up and we knock not knowing what we're going to do exactly, where we're going to go, how the service is going to be led. Maybe we've got a little piece of a verse. We don't know what we're going to say. I remember one time now, this is the truth, I remember one time I had the piece of the verse, remember the little children there in Matthew. And I thought, my God, what am I going to do with that verse? You know what I had to do? I had to get up with what little bit God gave me. It's basically an address on a sheet of paper, and I had to get up and go with that and knock on the door that the Lord would answer. But you know, I have found the God's truth. I found whether He gives it to me by prayer, whether He gives it to me by seeking the Word of God, or if I have to wait till the last minute and get up and knock on the door, I found that God always delivers like He said He was going to do. If I ever got up one time and was left hanging, how would I ever get up with any confidence again? He's never left us hanging. He's never left you hanging either now. If you've sought after, if you've asked for, and if you've knocked, He's always come through. So listen now. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now that's a promise. That, friends, is a guarantee of God that if I'll ask and seek, God will provide. 
But what are we seeking for now? See this, these two verses are taken out of context of what he's saying in this disposition. They're taken way out of context and they're misused. God's not telling me that anything I ask for, I'm going to get. He's not saying that. We're talking about praying for the power of the Spirit that we might have bread to set before our people. I tell you this, when the church gets together and I want to have something that I can say that would glorify Him, I'd like to have a word to share with the church that would help the people. I tell you, God's not going to allow that to go undone. But if this stays at the house, in the back seat of the car, the whole week, and there's no praying, there's no asking, there's no seeking, and there's no knocking done. Do you reckon I'm going to have anything to help you when I come down here? I'm afraid our bread basket is empty because we've not asked. He said if you ask, it'll be given. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now I realize that that sounds completely crazy. But would that ever happen? Would a young'un come to daddy and say, I'd like a piece of bread and you give him a snake? Would a young and ask for an egg and you give him a scorpion instead of giving that that's going to be a help? What's handed out is a detriment. That goes on in a lot of churches. People come looking for help. They look for guidance. And what they get is a serpent, the devil. What they get is a lie. Instead of getting something to strengthen them, something that might save their soul from destruction, they get something that will harm them and lead them into destruction. But I tell you this, we're not going to be like that with our kids. You know why that is? Because we love them. Well, if ye then, being evil, anybody dispute that, that when in comparison to God, we are evil, depraved, wicked, rebellious, and sinful. Is it, would anybody disagree? I realize, compared to the world, we may be some of the better. But when you compare to God, we are evil, wouldn't you say? I mean, as evil as darkness compared to light. There is no comparison. God is as high as the heavens are above the earth, above us. So, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, you know what's good for them. So, do you give them everything they want? I had a young'un that when we got out of the van over here, he wanted to run across the road to Mimi. 
Put his life in danger. He didn't know that. Did we let him do that? No, son, you wait till we go. You see, they don't get everything they want. But what you try to give them, you want it to be good for them. You don't want them to go to bed without brushing their teeth. I don't want to brush my teeth. But you know what's good for them. You don't want them to sit down and eat M&M's at supper. You'd like to give them something that'll help them to grow. You'd like to give them that that's good. Now if I am admittedly an evil and a wicked man, and yet I know how to withhold what's harmful from my children and try to give them that that's good for their life and well-being, does not Almighty God know how to keep me from that that's going to harm me and how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? What is it that the church needs? What is it that I need to seek for? What is it that I ought to be on my knees day after day praying unto God that He would give me the Holy Spirit of God. That's it. Just because I pray that people would be saved, that does not mean that they'll be saved. Just because I pray that God would heal me, that does not mean that God's going to heal me. Just because I pray that God would keep me out of trouble, and I mean that natural trouble, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have trouble on the job or at home or anywhere else. No, you know what God's doing? He's As we looked in Romans 8, He's doing that that's good. All things work together for good to them that love God. God's working that which is good for me as He sees it. Now, do the youngins always think that what I see is good? Do they always agree with what I say? No. But you know what I say? You don't know what you're talking about. You really don't see it like I see it. I've been there before. My daddy said that to me. I don't know how many times. Son, I've been there. But I always knew better in my mind. That's the way we are with God. God says, I know what's best. And we say, I know better. I know what's best for me. Boy, ain't, ain't that wrong? But now that's, that is our nature. God knows how to give what's needful. You know what He says we need? When I'm in trouble, what do I need? The Holy Spirit. When I'm weak, when I'm doubting, when I'm in affliction, when there's a need in my life, when I'm in a place that the messenger of Satan is buffeting me and I've got a thorn in the flesh that's troubling me, when I'm in a place, I tell you, when I was in a place that I was lost and undone and in the clutches of the devil, you know what I needed? The Holy Ghost of God to deliver me. You know what's going to deliver our people? The Holy Ghost of God. You know what's going to strengthen and feed the church? 
the Holy Ghost of God. I tell you, we ought not focus so much on the natural things. We ought not focus so much on people individually. Our focus ought to be that when we gather, we are filled with a Spirit and we've got bread for them that are here. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be mean now. I wish with everything that in me was that my family over here, that Morgan's family down the road, that they were here. I do. I, I believe Paul. I believe Paul said that. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they would be saved. But friends, I can't feed them that are not here. I can't help them that are not here. You know who can be helped tonight in this service on the 26th of December is those that are present right here. Those that are going to eat are those that are here. Our focus ought not be on what's going on out in the world. Now, again, we ought to pray for those things. We ought to pray. But I'll tell you the great need is when we come together Wednesday night that the Holy Spirit would be in our midst. That I would have something from God that I could help the church and might help them that are here present. I tell you, God, God can get them here. God can, God can get people in the house of God. And He will. I tell you, the book in Acts, God added daily to the church. I'm not going to quote it just right. As He saw fit. According to His will. Them that should be saved. God added. As He saw fit. By His power. But you know what? God says to me. To ask. Should we pray? By the Word of God. We ought that word ought, it is necessary as binding. That's what that word means. When Jesus says in Luke 18, men ought to always pray, it is necessary as binding. We ought to pray. Should we seek? He says to seek. Should we knock? We ought to knock. We ought to be putting forth our effort and our part that when we come down here, there would be bread at the house of God to present to those that God would bring. And we've got the promise. God will. If me being evil will give good gifts, will not God the Father give the Spirit to them that ask? Let me just turn and read. Lord willing, next Sunday, we'll be there in Sunday school. But over in Romans chapter number 8, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? He says in one of the Gospels, maybe it's the Gospel of John, Jesus says, it's my Father's pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom. What is the keys to the kingdom? How, you know, you think about a key now. 
It's that I've got a key for my house. It's that that gives me access in and out. And it's that that I can give access to other people in and out. Well, what is the keys that gets us in to the kingdom of God? What unlocked it for you? The Word of God and the Spirit of God. You know where those are? They're not in the world. They're not in in the gatherings of the world. But the truth of the Word of God and the presence of the Spirit is among them that He's called out and that He's saved. The only place where people can come into the kingdom is through the gospel down at the house of God. If He spared not His Son that we could be saved, would He not give us of His presence when we gather together to worship Him? I believe He would. That's all it's on her heart. Hope.